Welcome to Change Nation, a program brought to you by First30Days.com. Today on Change Nation, hear the amazing story of Rwandan genocide survivor Immaculee Ilibagiza. Here's Ariane. Hi everyone, and welcome to Change Nation. I'm Ariane, and today I have the pleasure of talking to Immaculee Ilibagiza. Pronounced well, well practiced. I heard Immaculee speak a few years ago, and I was incredibly deeply touched and moved by her story. It actually led me to tears, and it probably will today too. <laughs> She's a modern day saint, in my humble opinion, and one that has a lot of lessons to teach us about life, about grieving the loss of loved ones, and also about surviving some tragic times. She's the author of the best-selling book, Left to Tell, about her incredible ordeal of hiding in Rwanda to avoid the genocide. She also has a new book out called Led by Faith, Rising from the Ashes of the Rwandan Genocide, about how her religious faith really helped her rebuild her life after this horrible tragedy. Immaculate, what an honor to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. So for those who don't know Immaculate's story, I thought I'd give you just 30 second background. She grew up in Rwanda and during the genocide in 1994, she was forced to go into hiding to avoid being raped, killed or tortured. She was forced to hide in a tiny bathroom at a local pastor's house with seven other women for about three months. Her first book about all of this, called Left to Tell, sold over half a million books and went straight to the New York Times bestseller, truly a story of the heart that's touched a lot of people. You've seen some of the worst crises and sides of humanity, and yet you radiate love and kindness and gentleness and forgiveness. Where does this come from? Oh, thank you again for having me. But I think it comes from... <clears throat> The education my parents taught gave me, it, gave, it comes from believing in God and really realizing that we are all one. We are all the same people created by the same God who loves everyone the same way. And, and once you get that, you just can't have, you know it, you know, we are all the same. We, we deserve to be respected, to respect each other, to, to, to love each other and to try hard. <laughs> Were you ever mad at God? Is it okay to be mad at God? Did you ever scream and ask for answers that never came? Definitely. I think it is okay to be mad at God, you know, and ask him questions. And, you know, the worst thing can happen is to go away from him, to deny him. And then we are lost. We don't know what, where we are looking. There's no way of answering. But when you ask him, I remember when I was um, in the bathroom and I was hiding and I remember the first time they came to search for us, people were killing. I just couldn't even remember if God existed or not. And I remember asking him, if you are there, just give me a sign that you exist. At least I know you are there, then we can talk after that. <laughs> so I asked for a sign for people who are looking for us, don't find the door of the bathroom. Not to forgive us, not to let us go, but not to find the door. These were 300 people in a home of four bedrooms. They searched every single place under the beds, open suitcases to see if there is anyone hiding, like babies, mm. on the top of the house, in the ceiling. They came right to the door of the bathroom. And before they opened it, one killer touched the door and then said, you know what, we trust you. There's no way you can hide them. That We were five inches away from them. And when that happened, I just realized like, oh my God, God is real. But after that, then I had to really know, who are you? 
why is this happening? I can't believe. I hate the people. And don't ask me to forgive because I don't want to forgive and I have a good reason. Mm. And and what do you want anyway? So I really mm. fought with God. And I truly think that the most important thing is to be sincere mm. in your fights. Mm. If you don't understand, ask him a question. Mm. Why is that? And you just be sincere with your heart. It's not about being lazy. You don't want to look at it. Mm. But there is always an answer. That one thing I, I found. So all of us have... A question that starts with why. Why did this happen? Mm. Why did my husband leave? Why did I get cancer? Why did mm. I lose my father? Why did this happen to you? Did you get an answer? I, I can get an answer, an answer definitely in some ways. The answer became more comfortably accepted when I was. I really took time. Again, I was so, I would say, fortunate to find the time, like three months in silence, really go within and asking all these questions. I... You know, when I was comfortably understanding that there is heaven, there is life after this, this is not the end of it, and what is after is eternity, then I remember taking a pen and trying to draw what is eternity compared to the life on earth. <laughs> and then when you realize that, it's like a blink compared to eternity, then you really care more about what is after, and you know it's, it's going to be a paradise. Mm -hmm. So knowing that helps you to accept that, mm -hmm. what we are living through. It's like somebody putting you in a prison for one day and promising you that you will have everything you ever wanted for the rest of your life. You will be in prison, like happy, clapping hands. So what I can tell people and people who have gone through that and who myself who have gone through that is that there is a moment where I have felt like I was in hell, hiding, thinking about what was going, what going on in my life. I was bitter. I felt that my whole body was aching. And through the acceptance and forgiving and letting go, and really thinking of love, despite the pain I was going through, it came like almost like I was in a paradise. When I accepted, when I was able to face it and know that, you know, this happened to another person. How can I deal with this in the moment? More than complaining and saying, why? How can I look for a solution from now on? Because on earth, no one lives here without suffering. No one goes through life without something holding them. No one lives just in a paradise. But we can choose to be in paradise in our heart, despite what we are going through. And once you start to look for consolation, you, like you said, you have a cancer, you want to feel better, you want a medication. Really, if you focus on that and you really want to find a medication for that, it will come to you. But if you focus why this can happen to me, it will hurt you and hurt you even more. When you lose a parents like me and you're just like, how oh, this can happen to me, that was a moment I can't take by just like pitying myself. Why, why? But when I looked at, what can I do from here? You Who lost, can I, I think, nearly all of your family. I lost my mom, my dad at the same time, my two brothers, my grandpa, grandma. It was almost like the end of the world. Did you ever feel alone in the world? No, I felt alone when I was in a state of hating, when I was still mad at people who were doing what they were doing, when I was still planning, what can I do to hurt them back? I was just so lonely, like, how can I leave this whole world without anybody? When I came to understand, like, okay, let me think of myself after. I started to see everybody like friends. Mm. I speak now in America and I see people crying. Mm. And I really have, like, I have huge, much more bigger family mm. than I ever had before. Mm. I really can see goodness in people and I can see their love. And, 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 and I think... Like I said, we are so much one person and we really, love is possible. Mm -hmm. Love is possible and when that, you can grab a little bit of a sense of that true love, you feel in people, 
you're just not lonely anymore. They love you and you love them. How do you help someone believe who doesn't believe? How do you help someone pray who has never prayed? How do you, mm. you know, and I'm sure there, there are people listening to this and watching this who are like, oh, I wish I had that faith, but I don't. I didn't oh. grow up with it. How, how do you start? You start by asking. And, and I think it's a beautiful place to be when you, you want to have that. The same thing, even like when I was going through forgiving and hate, I was like, I think now I understand I need to forgive so that I can feel better. I wish I can. Mm-hmm. And that's where God comes in to help you. You want to have the faith? You just take a few minutes in the morning and at night and ask God, I really want to feel that. I really want to feel like, are you real? Can I feel you love like I feel about my father or my mother, like the best person who loves you? Just by asking and open to that. The same thing with friends. When we have friends we like, girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, wives, we want to spend time with them. We want to call them. When you are developing a relationship, you start by asking questions. Mm-hmm. You want to know the person. It's really about knowing God. Mm-hmm. It's about who are you. And take that time. Mm-hmm. And the great thing, God talks in silence. Mm-hmm. Just like giving that little time of being quiet in the morning, sitting in front of the beach, and on the beach, and just asking yourself, who are you? Mm-hmm. I come to my life. I want to feed you. What's the question you have for God right now? The question I have from God, I, you know, I always ask him mostly, most time, every, almost every day, I always ask him, like, reveal to me how much you love me. Because I have felt a little bit, you know, I, I know where I was and I know when I made a step to understand, like, he really loves me. I think he's more real than we think. I feel like he hugs you. He's there. And I really think he's much bigger. How can I feel happy after losing so many people? Mm-hmm. When I was feeling miserable just by dreaming about my mom dying, how can I now feel the joy in my heart? And yet every, everything outside seems to have just fallen apart. And I was alone with the one close on my back. Why was that? So it was like the whole experience, which I try to relate in my books, was more about, oh, I feel this way. Why am I happy here? What caused it? And you just feel like, God is really, he really loves me. I remember a time I was sitting in the bathroom and I really tried, started to pray for people who were hurting us. I almost feel like there's a perfume here. Mm. And we are eight people who have not showered for three months. <laughs> Women <laughs> going through our periods, one after the other. And almost like, there is a perfume here. It's too good. I can stay here forever. Mm. So like those feelings are changes because we ask, like, who are you? Mm. So my question is always like, just reveal to me how much you love me. I want to make another step just to go closer to you. <laughs> I want to talk a little about forgiveness. Yeah. I know so many people who have not forgiven their parents, have not forgiven their ex-lover, have not forgiven their boss or whatever, whatever person it is that they still have that anger or animosity towards. Is, is everything forgivable? And I know what your answer mm. is, but... How do we get people to really look at how the gift of forgiveness? Mm. Oh, thank you. And like you asked, really, I think everything is forgivable. But it, you need to understand forgiveness. Because most of the time, people, us, I'm one of the people who have gone through that, and maybe who still go through little things like that in life, we think that forgiving is condoning the things that have been done through that is wrong. 
Like you think you're accepting it. You think you are going to invite somebody who has been hurting you back in your life to continue to hurt you. Then you hold on that grudge, but you want them to feel what you have felt so then they can understand. Mm. Other times we still love them. We love them, but we want them to change by force. Mm. <laughs> so mm. forgiving, which I will always thank God with all my heart because I know it was, it came like a grace. It came like a gift. And from, I know it's possible once you understand it, but it's need to understand. Forgiving was the way I experienced it. I hated about maybe 8 million people. I couldn't see myself walking around anymore. And really that hate that I used to think if I had a bomb, I would just put it under the country and blow up everybody. It was a lot. Where my whole body was aching. But when I was able to forgive, it came to me like, I understand now that forgiving is what you do on yourself. Is that capacity for being able to bless the person who is holding you, understand the state of their mind, that we are blind to the truth, mm. and being able to let them free, mm. and free yourself, being able to want them to change, not to make yourself a victim, to go back to the person who is hurting you, being able to still love them anyway, love them as people, but who are going through that. If you have to protect yourself from them, do it. You don't have to make yourself a victim. Immaculate, was it a decision? Was it, did you wake up one morning and said, this is the day? I'm going to let it all go. I'm going to forgive. No. Was it gradual? Did it take a long time? It, it took an understanding. You know, when you, you just got to understand like two plus one is three. You, you just like get it. It's like knowledge. You're just like, whoa, okay, I get it. Mm. It came like that. I went through rage. I went through hurt in my body where I was like, I can't take it. It hurts, but I have a good reason to hate them. You know, I would always explain myself, find an explanation of why I'm feeling that. It was like, it's okay. I understand. I know. And then I came to a time where I felt like I can't take it anymore. I really, it is really hurting me. Like my stomach is aching. My whole head is like breaking down. I wish, I couldn't even remember how to smile anymore. I felt like the muscles in my face have twisted. I couldn't think how I was doing before to, to see good in people. But then I started to ask God, like, help me out. I mean, if you have said that forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, it must be true. It must be real. Help me out. I really literally went on my knees and asked God, help me out to forgive. Mm -hmm. And then I remember it came through one time I was meditating on Christ, you know, as a Catholic and a Christian. Mm -hmm. I, remember, I, I remember meditating on him when he was on the cross. And he said, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they do. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't more like he, thinking about even what he's saying to them, to whoever he was saying to. It was more that, wait a minute. People who are doing this to us, they don't even realize that we're human with, like them. Mm. Completely their anger have raised their reasoning. What am I doing hating them, becoming like them? Mm. I hate violence, but yet I'm thinking about being violent, violent to them. It was almost like the world be divided in two, and all of a sudden, like a part of love and part of people who are destroying the peace of the world. Mm. And then it's like, I have to choose where to belong. Mm. And then I just felt... This is normal. I can't be hitting when I hate hitting. I can't be killing when I hate killing. So then I chose, but it came with an understanding. It's much bigger. The people are doing it. There is some truth they don't get. They don't understand that they are killing a child, thinking that the child is an enemy. In their mind, through the anger, is so real, but it's not the truth. So I started to pray for them to change. And I knew that justice can still go on, because these people still want to also get the truth yeah. of what they're doing 
so that they can change, they don't continue to hurt people. But the understanding was so big, they don't get it. Mm. Now I can move on. Mm. And if one time they apologize from their heart, then that's where it becomes reconciliation. Mm. But if somebody apologizes and you have not forgiven, you are never going to reconcile. But if you forgive and the person have not apologized, it's not going to happen also because they still have the same understanding, can still hurt somebody. But once two things happen, which belongs to two different people, forgiveness to one that have wronged and apology to one that have wronged, and that becomes reconciliation. We're listening to Immaculate's Beautiful Life Wisdom. We'll be right back. This is Change Nation from the first 30 days. We've been talking with Immaculate Ilibagiza, just a beautiful, beautiful soul with extraordinary life wisdom. So I'm going to jump right back in. Does the sadness, does the the wound, does it ever go away or is it still there? It is still there, but it eases, eases up. It definitely eases up because, you know, there, there is, <clears throat> I still cry to this day and I think, I think tears and that sadness of people you love is a price of love. You know, like I said, we, we all go through pain in one way or another. And I think sometimes they're good for us because it really wakes up something in us. Every pain can teach you something great. So it is still there because I have two children. They remind me every day of my mother. You know, I just, of my father, how he would have been proud of them. So I cry out of sadness of like joy missing them but not out of anger and that definitely becomes a different thing mm. so the wound of not having them if i can call it a wound is there i think about them all the time throughout the day not one day it goes by without thinking have you been back to rwanda would you go back would you live there <laughs> i have been back in rwanda actually i have um, left their foundation that is mm. helping children in rwanda Beautiful. because you just know that i saw it i can't escape those images especially of children who were much younger than me, who couldn't help themselves after losing their parents. So it is helping children or friends who don't have parents to go back to school, to finish university, and that is going on. So I go back to Rwanda, actually, like twice a year. I go back with Americans. Now I live here. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I speak to people, like, take us to your home. Immaculate, tell us how crazily different your life is today how god has taken you by the hand and really just opened some extraordinary doors and put you in a position where you get to share your story and be such a an inspiration and an example for what's possible thank you so much for asking that whoa things have been definitely different <laughs> you know but also there is and this is something i always tell friends and people Somehow it is almost like a dream that I had since I was a child. I always said, I want to study philosophy so I can talk to people. <laughs> I want, you know, in the bathroom, when these things were changing in my heart, I always said, like, am I going to have people I can talk to? Mm. Can I talk to, like, to big people? I just want to talk to big, many people. I want to tell them that God is real. Mm. I want to tell them that you can be okay after every storm that can happen when I saw changes in my heart. So... Now, I mean, I used to live in, I lived in Rwanda as a child, as students and poor country, just really humble country that doesn't have not much big dreams than going to school and just work. And I came to this country in 1998. I started working with United Nations. And one time, a friend at school, at work, started to advise me to write a book. 
anyone who knew about my story for what happened, they all came to me and asked me, what makes you smile <laughs> after what happened to you? Like, really? I mean, there's God. There's life after this. We are not stuck here. You know, so we're like, I'm looking forward to anything can happen. So people are like, why don't you write your book? It makes us feel like we can accomplish anything after hearing you. And we can be happy anyway through our pain. So in 2005, I wrote a book. Love to tell. And one time, I, when I was writing, I had a lot of discouragement in my mind. Like, who do you think you are? Why are you doing this? And things like that. And then I would end up like again trusting God. Like God is almighty. Everything is possible. He loves me the same way he loves every president in the country. And he loves everyone. So we are all the same. It's a matter of asking him. He will bring angels in my life to help me out to put this message out. I've never met an author before I wrote this book. So I went through it. it. The first draft took me three weeks. It was like an obsession. I was typing nonstop. I wrote 150 pages wow. in three weeks, nonstop, night and day. I was sleeping, get up and go type. And then one time, I went through the book again. It took me three months to go through like little things, like correcting. And I remember asking God, like, okay, now what to do? Help me out. Bring somebody to help me out. And I was writing letters to God and please just, I know you will do it. You are almighty. You love me despite I might not be. So you write to God as well. You don't only talk to him. Oh, I do. Oh. I, I think writing to him is the best thing actually oh. because then you are clear. Because people, we are funny. When we, we talk to God, the next minute we change our mind. <laughs> you know, you write one thing and then you say one thing and you go out, you start complaining about the same thing you, you're asking him. <laughs> So writing letters like, oh, do you remember what you said? Now you're changing your mind. <laughs> so then I put my book down on a, like this. I have a whole letter in my computer of go to God anytime I feel discouragement. I know you love me. I know you are listening. I know you will do anything. I tell you, three days after I have just finished the book, I went to a workshop. A friend invited me. And when I got there, I came outside, I remember, and like 300 people outside standing and this little stubborn mind or maybe little angel something told me just go online and say hi to somebody everyone is saying hi to <laughs> that person was went there never knew who he was and then i went online just really being stubborn mm -hmm. and i remember when i reached like 10 people before i go to him i saw everyone had a book to sign <laughs> he had this book at the power of the intention mm -hmm. so i was signing i ran in a body and I came back and when i got in front of him i, I get a bit to him he signed it, handed it back to me, and then he said, how are you? I told him, I'm fine. And then he's like, where do you come from? I told him, I came from Rwanda. And his eyes just opened like, do you know what happened there? Mm. And when I told him, and he's like, yeah, I know. I was there, and we spoke a little bit. At the end of the conversation, I remember again, he opened his eyes. He said, what makes you smile? <laughs> the same question mm. everyone asked me. What makes you happy mm. after what happened to you? And then I said, there is God. There really there is hope in life. And going there, he's like, can you find a way to tell people about what you lived and what makes you strong? Have you thought about writing a book? <laughs> I have just finished the book three days before. And then I couldn't tell him, like, I finished. Because I thought he, he would think I came there for that. And then we exchanged contacts. So I wrote back to him. In the next eight months, just to make a long story short, the book came out when there was such an angel from heaven. He introduced me to his publisher, his house, gave me an, an editor to go through my book. Eight months later, the book came out. Two weeks after it came out, it was a New York Times bestseller. And from that time on, 
I have like hundreds of invitations to speak. And anytime I'm in front of people, I just feel like this is where I was supposed to be. I have spoken in the Rose, Rose Bowl in front of 45,000 people. Oh. Like, I know this image. We're so honored to have you on the show. Oh, With all you. the invitations, I'm really honored that you accepted ours. Oh, oh, I'm so thankful for you to have me. You have something, and I can say this because I'm in the studio with you. You have something that radiates. You have oh. something that comes out of you. And, and I hope people see it on camera. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure people are looking at you going like, I want what she has. Oh. And you make it sound easy. And like any relationship, and the relationship with God or our Creator or whatever we want to call yes. it, it's probably not an easy relationship. So, for people who want what you have, oh. Uh, you know, oh, thank you. <laughs> so excited to talk. Uh, uh, it is possible. I always tell people there's nothing special I am to God that anyone is not. He loves us. You he, don't have the special cell phone direct number? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. I, he loves us more, but we are just blind to his love. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it is really about asking little questions to take a little time in the morning. You don't even have to say a thing. Just ask him, tell me who you are. Mm -hmm. The creator who created me. Why did he even put me here? Mm -hmm. What is the purpose? Have the contact, especially in the morning and evening, and always have like a spiritual book around you, something that gives you a little bit of insight. You can be reading one little paragraph every morning, and you read it. I have read Wednesday books, like every morning where I have like one page every morning, no rushing, I would go through it, and sometimes I can't help it, I go through like five pages. <laughs> but once you start to educate your soul, to really bring in an inspiration. Any other great book that you think it is inspirational, there's so much you learn when we start to look for. Mm -hmm. And God has a way to bring people in your life mm -hmm. once you start seeking. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to feel this way. I want love from you. Mm -hmm. I want to feel loved. You ask him in the morning. I always tell people, you begin, you start like with him in the morning, three minutes or five minutes. In the evening before you sleep, you just ask him, why are you in my life? I love you. Help me out to love you more or reveal to me the reality of things. And here I put my soul in your hands. I know you love me Why you created me. Mm. Or bring peace in my life. Bring love in my life. Bring that peaceful gentleness. Mm. It's going to come to you. Mm. It's so, you, sometimes we think like it's so hard, but it's so simple also. Mm. And it's not that it is given to me just like that. I look for it. Mm. I really, I break in the morning, five o'clock I'm up. And I'm up for like an hour just sitting in my bed. Looking on through the window, I just love you. I love you, my dear God. And just teach me. Teach me what do I do today. Bring good people in my life. I want to do this. If it's good for me, please allow it to happen. And it I'm just... thanking God for bringing you into my life. <laughs> oh, thank you. Immaculate, I know you also have a film coming out. Yes. Which, do we know what the name is? Oh, Left to Tell. Oh, it is Left it's to Tell. Yeah. When's it going to be out? I think next year. They are working on it, they are shooting. Are you going to be an actress? I will be read in the movie. <laughs> Maybe, who knows? I, no, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. They have written the screenplay and they have, we have a director now, we're going through it, shooting. But I ha will have a, a real life definitely in the movie mm -hmm. where maybe I will speak or at the end and they're trying to fit me in one role like a different person. <laughs> is there any role or dream that you feel is coming for you next? 
I mean, you've, you're a mother and an author and a speaker and a role model mm. and, you know, a friend and a filmmaker. Mm. Is there something else that's sort of out there that you're telling God about that we can put out into the world? Oh. What can I tell you? Okay. There is something that have happened and Wen talks about this a lot. You know about Lourdes? There's a little girl called Bernadette. Oh, yes. I've seen the Blessed yes. Mother. I've been to Lourdes. No way. I've been like five times. My mother lives an hour and a half away. You give me chills. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful spiritual um, place in the southwest of France. Really? Where Bernadette, um, who's also a saint. Her body um, still. Her body is, has never decomposed, even though she died more than 150 years ago. Yeah. And, and it's millions of people from around the world that come. And there are miracles after miracles after miracles. It's a stunningly beautiful place. Lourdes. So it's L-O-U-R-D-E-S. There's a place like that in Rwanda, mm. a, a place called Kibeho, mm. K-I-B-E-H-O. Mm. And I just finished writing a book about that. Mm. Our Lady, the Virgin Mary, Mary, mm. appeared to three girls in a mm. school, in high school in Rwanda. Mm. And it was a fight in the country. The church didn't want it. And finally, they just can't help it because so many miracles are happening. And all she's doing is to invite people to love each other. Never invited the people like, to be in this religion or this. Like, just know that God loves you, my children. You need to hold on to him. There's so much bad going to happen in the country. And she warned us about the genocide. She showed to the visionaries the images of the genocide. And she said, if you don't come back to love each other, this is going to happen. So there's things like she have requested, like she requested a basilica in Kibeho on the ground, a huge basilica, and she gave a name for that. She said it is the reunion of the dispersed. Because she wants people to come there, mm. the same thing in Guadeloupe and Lourdes, mm. to pray and to find consolations. And she always said, I will comfort the sick, I will heal the sick, I will comfort the, the, the afflicted. And uh, you go there, you just feel it. So I hope I will be able to help. I was going to say, I'm going to put you in charge of building the basilica. I want to. <laughs> Immaculate, such a pleasure. <laughs> um, really, thank you for being on the show. You're invited anytime. We've had Wayne Dyer on the show. Oh, I know he's coming back as well in January, but... Your, uh, your family here for us. Oh, thank you so much. Really? You've been listening to Change Nation with uh, Immaculate Ili Bagiza. <laughs> this is her second book, Led by Faith. Her first book is called Left to Tell. For more fascinating interviews, beautiful life lessons, please visit us on the web at first30days.com. For more information on Immaculate and her work and her beautiful books, I'm going to give you two websites. The first is... I'm going to have you say them. <laughs> www.immaculate.com And that's spelt? Let's spell it. It's spelled I-M-M-A-C-U-L-E-E. Dot com. Dot and com. second website? Heyhouse.com Who we love as well. Thank yeah. you so much for listening.